the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. There are billions and billions of people throughout church history who repented and believed in Jesus Christ with much less light available to them, with much less information. And on Judgment Day, the non-believer living today will not be able to make the excuse that they did not have enough information to make a decision for Jesus Christ. We have easier access to the gospel than ever before in history, yet it seems like we're moving farther and farther away from Christianity in our culture and throughout the world. What's going on? While Satan has ultimately lost the war for this world, he's fighting hard to take as many people he can with him. He knows the pain it causes to God's heart, and he's battling with everything he has to deceive as many as possible. We can't give up at this moment. We need to share the gospel more than ever before. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 12 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Jesus believed Noah and the flood and the ark. He speaks of the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah. He believed that actually happened. He believed these were historical events. He did not believe they were myths or folklore or fictional stories. Jesus spoke of them as literal and historical. And if you're a Christian, but you would say, I don't believe those things. I don't believe those things that you you just mentioned. I, I, I don't believe the creation account in Genesis. I believe in evolution. Or I, I don't believe there was an actual Adam and Eve, that they were the first two humans. I don't believe that there was a global flood and an ark. I don't believe God wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah. I, I don't really believe the story of Jonah and the great fish well, then you have a different view of the Bible than Jesus Christ. What you believe about the Bible is different from Jesus and what he believed. You disagree with Jesus and you both can't be right. One of you is wrong. And I'll let you figure out which one is probably wrong. Now, the sign of the prophet Jonah is the resurrection. The resurrection. Jesus said, the one and only sign I will give this evil and adulterous generation is my resurrection. Jesus will die on the cross for the sins of the world. He will be buried and on the third day he will rise again. 
And the resurrection will be the sign that validates who Jesus is, that validates his words and his ministry. Romans chapter 1 verse 4 says that Jesus was declared to be the son of God by the resurrection. By the resurrection. How do we know for sure that Jesus was the son of God? The resurrection. How do we know that Jesus was the promised Messiah? The resurrection. How can we be sure that his sacrifice on the cross for our sins was accepted in heaven and we are completely forgiven and reconciled to God? The resurrection. How can we be sure that Jesus is the only way to heaven and every other way is wrong? The resurrection. The empty tomb. Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. And Jesus said, the one and only sign I will give this evil and adulterous generation that demonstrates who I am is my resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ was the message of the apostles in the book of Acts, which is the model church for us to follow. And we could spend the rest of our time going chapter by chapter and page by page through the book of Acts. And we would see that every message the apostles preached was about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why? Why do they always proclaim the resurrection, that Jesus Christ is alive, that he's not dead? Because the resurrection is the one sign that verifies who Jesus is more than any other sign. Now, as I said earlier, we also live in an evil and adulterous generation. So what should be the message that we proclaim to our generation? What does our generation need to hear? The resurrection. The resurrection. That God loves you. That Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. And on the third day, he rose again and he's alive. And the tomb is empty. And through Jesus Christ, you can have all of your sins forgiven. You can be reconciled to God and have a relationship with him. That's our message. That's our message for our generation. Well, don't we need something more sophisticated than that for this generation? Don't we need something more relevant for our current culture? Don't we need to try to reach people's felt needs? Nope. Listen, the resurrection is relevant to every culture because in every culture and in every age, the greatest need of man is to have your sins forgiven and to be reconciled to God. That's true everywhere. All the time. Look at verse 41 again. In verse 41, look what he says. The men of Nineveh, will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. Now we recently studied the book of Jonah in our Thursday night Old Testament study. If you, if you missed that, I encourage you to go on our website or our app and go back and listen to those messages But as you know, in the days of Jonah, Nineveh was part of the Assyrian Empire. It became the capital of the Assyrian Empire. And the Assyrians were brutal, wicked, pagan, idolaters who terrorized the Middle East in their day. We just talked about that this past Thursday. 
And God sent Jonah, the prophet, to Nineveh. And initially, as you know, Jonah refused to go to Nineveh because Jonah knew God is a merciful God. And Jonah feared the Ninevites might repent and God would forgive them and spare them. And the people of Nineveh were so wicked that Jonah believed they didn't deserve the opportunity to be forgiven. They deserve God's judgment and Jonah's opinion. And so Jonah, initially, he refused to go to Nineveh. He got on a ship heading the opposite direction. But after some persuading from God and a great fish, that helped. uh, Jonah reluctantly made the 700-mile journey from Joppa to Nineveh. And when Jonah arrived at the city of Nineveh, he walked through the streets of Nineveh declaring, 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. 40 days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. 40 days, and judgment will come. That's all that he said. Jonah's message offered no hope. It offered no way to be forgiven. He he didn't mention repentance or, or mercy. And Jonah performed no signs or wonders to, to, to validate his message. Just 40 days, and you're all toast. And then he went up on a hillside and waited and watched. But when the people of Nineveh heard Jonah's message, the entire city repented. They immediately felt deep, felt deep sorrow and shame over their sin. They turned from their evil ways and violence, it says. And they cried out to God in the hope that he might show them mercy. A wicked, pagan, idol-worshipping people who didn't know the God of Jonah, didn't own a Bible. They repented. And God saw their repentance, and God was merciful to the Ninevites. And Nineveh experienced the greatest revival in the history of the world. And Jesus says, and one greater than Jonah is here. One greater than Jonah was in Israel. Jonah traveled 700 miles to get to Nineveh. Jesus traveled all the way from heaven to earth. Jonah's message offered no hope. Jesus came to offer forgiveness of sins to anyone and everyone who comes to him. Jonah said, 40 days and you're all going to be judged and die. Jesus said, I'll die in your place. I'll take God's judgment for you so that you might have eternal life. Jonah did no miracles. Jesus' preaching was validated by many signs and wonders. And yet the people of Israel refused to repent and receive Jesus Christ. Instead, they wanted to destroy him. Look again at verse 41. The people of Nineveh, they received less revelation about God, less light, less information than those living in Israel in the days of Jesus. Yet the people of Nineveh, they heard enough to repent And so the people of Nineveh will stand in judgment of the generation that rejected Jesus Christ and condemn it. Now, if if you're here today and you're a a non-believer, you're not a Christian, maybe you would identify yourself as a skeptic or an agnostic, you have so much light available to you. You have the Bible available to you. If you don't own a Bible, you can take one from us. You have Bible teaching churches in your community. You have Christian radio and TV. You have the internet and the resources available on the internet. 
you have the truth available and accessible to you more than ever before in any generation. And, and here's what Jesus is saying here. Please listen. There are billions and billions of people throughout church history who repented and believed in Jesus Christ with much less light available to them, with much less information. And on judgment day, the non-believer living today will not be able to make the excuse that they did not have enough information to make a decision for Jesus Christ. If you're a non-believer, a skeptic, an agnostic, that excuse ain't going to fly on judgment day. Because on judgment day, billions of people who believed based on little revelation of Jesus Christ that they received will stand up and condemn you for your unbelief. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. And on Judgment Day, if you try to say, well, it, it just, there just wasn't enough information for me to make a decision for Christ. Billions of people will be able to stand up and say, we had a lot less than you. And we believed. It goes on in verse 42. Then the queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdoms of Solomon. And indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. The queen of the south is the queen of Sheba. If you're taking notes, you can jot down 1 Kings chapter 10 in your margin. The queen of the south or the queen of Sheba. She lived in the southernmost part of the Arabian Peninsula in modern day Yemen over a thousand miles away from Jerusalem. And the queen of the south was also a pagan, a heathen, an idolater who didn't know the God of Israel and didn't own a Bible. And in 1 Kings chapter 10, we're told that she, she heard about the wisdom of Solomon, this king up in Israel. She just heard about it. And so she decided to make that long journey across deserts and mountains to Jerusalem to hear the wisdom of Solomon for herself. And one greater than Solomon was in Israel. Jesus Christ. Solomon was, a, was, a, was an earthly king. Jesus is the king of kings. And the Lord of lords. Solomon had wisdom he received from God. Jesus is the wisdom of God. We're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He is the wisdom of God made flesh. The people of Israel didn't have to make a long journey through deserts and over mountains to hear the wisdom of Jesus. Jesus came to them and was with them for more than three years. 
And so the people of Israel really were without excuse for not repenting and believing in Jesus Christ. And on the day of judgment, Jesus says that the queen of the south will rise up in judgment of that generation and condemn it. Now, when I, I read this, I, I think of all the, the lame excuses that people come up with as to why they don't believe or, or, or why they, 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 they can't go to church. It's just too far of a drive or there's traffic. I got to get on the beltway, you know. And then to think about Judgment Day and on Judgment Day to have someone like the Queen of the South stand up and say, I rode on a camel over a thousand miles through desert and over mountains just to hear about the wisdom of God. What's your excuse? It goes on in verse 43. Jesus says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. And then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation. Jesus compares that wicked generation that refused to receive him to a man who was demon possessed. And he says that the, the demon goes out, wanders around for a bit, then decides to return. But when he returns, he brings seven more demons with him so that the last state of the man is worse than the first. Where before he was possessed by one demon, now he's possessed by eight demons. If you remember when Jesus uh, encountered the demon-possessed man in Gadara, Jesus asked him his name, and the demon answered, uh, My name is Legion, for we are many. The man of Gadara was possessed by a legion of demons. And when a person is delivered from demonic possession, they must fill the empty house with something else. It's, it's not enough just to empty the house and sweep it and put it in order and clean it. They have to fill the house with something else. They must be born again and filled with the Holy Spirit of God. If they aren't born again and filled and sealed by the Holy Spirit, they leave themselves open for the demon to return and retake possession. And that demon may bring his friends with him when he comes back. And that person will be worse off than before. And in a similar way, if a person attempts to just kind of clean up their life, to get their life in order, to get their life straightened out. I'm going to make a new start, a fresh start. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. They may end up worse off. Why? Because reformation doesn't work. Regeneration works. Reformation doesn't work. Regeneration does. If you really want to clean up your life, if your life is just a hot mess, and you want to get your life in order, you need to have a rebirth. You need to be born again. Reformation doesn't work. You must be born again, Jesus said. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, If anyone is in Christ, they become a new creation, and the old things pass away, and everything is made new. Reforming your life doesn't work. 
Rebirth is the only thing that will give you lasting change in your life. So now that brings us to verse 46. While he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and brothers stood outside seeking to speak with him. (laughs) Then one said to him, look, your, your mother and your brother are standing outside speaking to speak with you. But he answered and said to the one who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, here are my mother and my brothers. This is, this is so funny to me. (laughs) This whole scene here, Jesus, the savior of the world, God incarnate. He's talking to a crowd and look at what it says in verse 46. While he was still talking to the multitude. Someone interrupted him and said, Jesus, your mother's here. (laughs) You know, she's outside and she wants to talk to you. She looks really mad. You know, when you were a teenager, did your mother ever show up unannounced while you were like hanging out with your friends and went, hey, hey, your mom's here. Hi, Mrs. Sexton. You know, and, and you're thinking like, what is my mom doing here? I didn't even tell her where I was going. How'd she know how to find me? I bet the disciples were like, ooh, Jesus, you're in trouble. (laughs) Guess you're going home for the night. Maybe we'll see you tomorrow, Jesus, if you're not grounded, you know, kind of thing. Say hi to your mother for us. Now, the other Gospels tell us that Jesus' family didn't believe him. (laughs) And, and, And Mark's Gospel tells us they thought that Jesus was out of his mind. And they actually came to take him home before he gets himself into serious trouble. I mean, you, you know, you can't publicly humiliate the Pharisees without some serious consequences. And so the family's concerned here and they show up. But look at verse 47 again. Your, your mother and your brother are standing outside seeking to speak to you. But he answered and said to the one who told him, well, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Now, a couple things to note here. First of all, we see that Mary had additional children after she gave birth to Jesus Christ. She did not remain a virgin. That's very clear in the scriptures. Also, we see that Mary had no special influence over Jesus Christ just because she was his mother. Then he says in verse 50, for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. One of the beautiful things about giving your life to Jesus Christ is you get a whole new family in Christ. He puts you into the family of God. And that doesn't mean that we neglect our biological family, but we gain this wonderful family in Christ, a family of fellow believers. And isn't the family of God so great? There ain't nothing like it in the world. We just look around the room. Just, just so many different people. And God brings us all together through Jesus Christ and he puts us all in the same family. It's so wonderful. It's so beautiful. There's just nothing like it. And we're grateful for it. Lord, we thank you today for Lord, what you've done in our lives through your death, burial, and resurrection. Lord, even though we were lost without you and far from you, you saved us. You redeemed us. You've called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. 
and you've put us into the family of God. And we thank you for it today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, and he has more to share with you next time. How is what you're hearing from this book landing in your heart? If there's anything that's prompting you to seek out more questions or to ask for prayer in any way, would you be willing to give us a call and talk to us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever you might be wondering or thinking about. Our number is 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this first book of the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to teach on from Matthew, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue growing. There's so much to appreciate by reading God's Word. We hope you'll tune in next time and be a part of our listening audience, right here on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.